Welcome back to another edition of Industry Matters Podcast. I'm Mandy Joyner. I am so excited to have Christine Strutt with me here today. She is not only a VGM member, but the founder of Connors Cuddles. We welcome her and are so excited to learn about um, Connors Cuddles and her story and her experience as a VGM member. Thank you so much, Christine, for being with us today. Thanks for having me, Mandy. Well, we're just going to dive right in and ask some great questions and find out a little bit more. So first, tell me who you work for and a little bit about being a member of the VGM family. I work in Belleville, Kansas for Central Plains Respiratory. Deanna Morris is the owner and the RT here. Joined up with her uh, when she first opened the doors back in December of 2015. And um, being a member of VGM has... um, opened up a lot of opportunities for us as far as uh, going to some of the, the education, uh, some of the conferences with BGM. Um, just a great company to be a part of. Everyone here has amazing things to say about you, so I am I'm so <laughs> excited to, you know, hopefully meet you one day at a Heartland or an education event. And, um, and That would be great. Yes, and so excited to have you um, as part of our family here. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about Connor's Cuddles. Give me an overview. What is Connor's Cuddles? Connor's Cuddles was born out of, I guess you could say, a tragedy in our life. Um, my son, Connor, at the age of 16, um, on September uh, 16, 2014, uh, was diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's T-cell lymphoma. Um, after being sick for about four weeks or experiencing some pain, being on antibiotics, I just knew something was not right. Um, with his labored breathing, we went by ambulance to Kansas City, which is about three and a half hour drive for us. We're out here kind of in the sticks in Kansas, and um, we traveled by ambulance to Kansas City, um, and he had a five and a half inch mass um, in his chest. Uh, found out he had non-Hodgkin's T-cell lymphoma. We started treatment. He did treatment for about 10 months of intense chemo. Um, some, some cycles were you know, 30 days hospital stay. Um, some cycles were driving back and forth to Kansas City every other day for treatment. At the end of those 10 months, he was declared in remission. Uh, went back to school that following fall of 2015. Uh, went back to playing basketball, uh, back to doing what he loved, pole vaulting um, and track. And at a track meet on May 3rd of 2016, uh, was experiencing a lot of pain in his hips. That following Friday, we returned to Children's Mercy uh, in Kansas City, and they discovered that uh, the lymphoma was back. The mass had started growing back in his chest, and um, throughout the first the first battle with cancer, it had never gotten into his bone marrow. Um, it had spread into his bone marrow at this point. He was 88% lymphatic in his bone marrow. So being the optimist I am, I was just convinced we just had to beat it again. Uh, we had to get that number down to zero percent in order to move forward with the bone marrow transplant. Unfortunately, it, it dropped down to two percent at the end of those that thirty-day hospital stay. Um, at that point, it started rising back up, and um, sadly, by mid-July, um, they informed us that uh, we were out of options as far as his treatment plan went. He could choose to try a few more things. During those two years, he had turned 18, so then he was considered an adult and had to make a lot of those decisions. They had to hear from him, um, which was hard on mom. But um, 
he had to decide, you know, if he wanted to try to continue with some treatments that didn't have very good odds of working and would damage his body so much that he wouldn't be able to go through the bone marrow transplant or um, to come home. So Connor opted to come home and um, we took a make-a-wish trip up to Yellowstone. Unfortunately, the day that we got there, he got really sick and wanted to return home. So um, we came back home on a, a Sunday, uh, admitted back into the hospital on that Monday, and then um, he passed away that Friday night on August 20th of 2016. After mulling around for a few months, I decided I had to make something positive out of this. I stayed in close touch with his nurses uh, and doctors down at Children's Mercy. They become family when you spend that much time with them and you're that far away from home. And started discussing things that maybe the kids could need. Uh, we, I have, I had met some amazing ladies down there that have big galas and raise hundreds of thousands of dollars for the hospital or for research. Um, I felt like out here in the sticks, we had about drained the, the community dry. They were great to us through this whole, um, through those two years. So I was thinking of something I wanted to do for the kids in the hospital. Um, I knew the days that we spent there, we spent long days in the hospital, and um, even the smallest thing that came in the door was huge. You know, be it a, a backpack full of goodies for the kids, or, you know, a new hat, or a new blanket. So with the nurses, I discussed some things that um, maybe they would need down there, and with least tie blankets seemed like a big hit with the kids down there to always have, have their own blanket with them. So that was what we started. We started that in March of 2017. Uh, we, we opened up Connor's Petals. I had it in my mind that if I made 30 to 40 blankets a year to deliver to the hospital, I would be good. that would be good for my heart. Um, it made me feel a little better. The whole project took on a life of its own quickly after I developed the Facebook page. And we were making, my house was buried in fleas. People were bringing, <laughs> uh, people were amazing donating fleas. I had my office here at work. <laughs> people would drop fleas off here and out of my house. It was full of fleas. And um, so I would travel up to my mom, which they lived about two hours from me. And we would work on blankets on the weekend. And it continued to grow. We eventually made a room down in our basement that's strictly for my Connor's pedal. My brother built me a, a high table so that I don't have to bend over. To date, uh, we've had this going almost three years. I think the first delivery we made was in June of 2017. So since June of 2017, uh, we have delivered over 800 blankets. I, I traveled down to Children's Mercy in Kansas City. As it continued to grow, I added Omaha Children's Hospital up in Omaha, Nebraska. And um, we do special requests. We take special requests through the Facebook page. And that has kind of taken on a life of its own uh, here lately. Up until a few months ago, we were at about 150. We take a special request. I like figuring out what that child likes. And I go buy that specific fleece for that child. And then we ship it to whether it's in Texas or New York or I believe today we've shipped to about 40 different states. And we've shipped out over 250 blankets um, that are special requests. So it's, it has kind of taken on a life of its own. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, um, 
it was it's gone way bigger than I ever expected. Yeah, that was that was going to be my question. Did you ever anticipate? Like you said, you wanted to do thirty to forty, and could you have ever imagined this? And yeah, you know, my husband said to me, "Are you sure you want to take this on?" <laughs> I'm like, "Oh yeah," and <laughs> I, I don't know. Looking back, it yeah, it, it turned into an amazing thing. Um, my mom has has started making blankets for me as well. And then I have um, a lady here in Belleville that offered, she really wanted to help with blankets. And so um, she makes blankets. So between the three of us, I'm pretty much busy with the, uh, by the time I get off work, I go home and I work on the special requests and packaging them and shipping them out. And uh, my mom and the other gal, they um, pretty much help me keep stocked up on keeping my stock up so that I can deliver to the hospital. How is it funded? Is everything by donation or how are you, you know, like you said, you're covered in fleece, but how do you do, take care of all of it? We're very blessed. We live in a great community. Uh, I've got great family and friends. And as the word spreads, I may receive some money through PayPal from somebody I, I don't know. Last June, my brother held a poker run and, um, we raised about $7,000 at that poker run. So um, it, it's things like that that, you know, keep us going. Yeah, people just, I may go home and have a $400 check in the mail one day. And it always seems, you know, I guess God works in mysterious ways, they say. Um, you know, it's always when I'm a little bit panicked, like, funds are getting a little low, and, you know, money appears. We are in the process. Uh, everything has been submitted um, with the IRS. Uh, to make Connors Cut up a nonprofit organization to become a 501c3. And um, once I get that, hopefully in the next few months, uh, we'll get that, that classification. Once I have that, that will open up a lot of funding opportunities for me. Um, I will be able to apply for, for grants uh, for help with this and um, also going to, you know, some bigger corporations that look for things like this to donate to. Um, you know, if I'm a 501c3, it's a tax write-off for them, and and it, it benefits me. So we're looking into that as well. So hopefully in the next few months, we'll have some word on that. Yeah, absolutely. So you said you started a Facebook group. Is that, I don't want to say is that all, but is that the only steps you took to launch Connor's Cuddles? <laughs> it is. It is. Um, I, I was surprised at how that, how far and wide that spreads. I guess that really showed me the power of, of social media. I wasn't a big social media fan, um, I guess, before Connor got sick. And I really utilized Facebook um, throughout his journey because it was the easiest way to reach everybody, you know, and put out their updates on how he was doing and, and what he was facing next. Um, it was nice to be able to, to let everybody know in one broad spectrum like that. So as far as getting the word out about Connor's Cuddle, yeah, all I did was start a Facebook page. And at this point, that's, that's still all I have. Um, I know at some point I need to venture out a bit and probably get a website and um, some other things such as that. I did learn how to set up a PayPal and a Venmo account a few months ago. So, so it's it's amazing how far and wide it spreads. So what we is... We did have the opportunity this oh. last, I'm sorry, this last November. Um, I had watched a video last summer on the Iowa Hawkeyes football, their football tradition. 
um, with the Children's Hospital there. And I thought the calling that I needed to make Iowa Hawkeye blankets to take up there um, for the kids at the hospital. So we kind of crammed it in about five or six weeks. Uh, we got 70 Iowa Hawkeye cuddles made, and I delivered them to the hospital up there on a Friday, and then I was able to go to the game. Thanks to BGM, they helped us arrange all that and get us some on-field passes, and um, me and some of my family were able to go up and enjoy the football game and experience uh, the wave to the kids there. It was a very emotional, very emotional event uh, to participate in that. But I was very grateful that we were allowed to, to do that. Yes, what a cool experience for sure. What do you have envisioned for the next uh, six months, one year, three years for Connor's Cuddles? <laughs> well, you know, I really don't know what to expect. Um, I'm anxious with this 501c3 to see, you know, where we can go with it. Um, I have a cousin who, you know, he has a huge nonprofit. Um, I don't understand how all that works, but it sounds like they can kind of take me in as a subsidiary and, you know, they would funnel money to me and open up some doors that way with some other um, big companies that donate. So it's like I explained to him, you know, it's already gone way bigger than I ever dreamt. I don't know if we'll stay at the place we're at now, if it'll continue to grow. I'm anxious to see where it takes us. Um, but like I told him, I don't want to lose the personal touch with it. You know, I, I still want to be hands-on with it. You know, most of most of my blankets are made from 8 p.m. to 1 a.m. is when I work on them. And each blanket I send out as far as the special request, um, you know, I, I hand-write a letter with each one of them to the child about their illness and what they're going through. I don't want to lose that. I don't want to get so big that, you know, I can't still do that. So I don't know. I, I, it's hard for me to envision. I'm just kind of rolling with it, and, and we'll see where it goes from here. So there's also something a little special that goes along with each one of your blankets. Can you tell me a little bit about that? So each blanket, um, I'll kind of take you through the whole process. So we make the blankets, and then my mother, she's been a seamstress for her life. Um, so we just do, we do the tie blankets, so I don't have to do any sewing. That's not my forte. <laughs> and then um, I have little labels made that are sewn onto every blanket we make that says Connor's Cuddle, Be Brave and Courageous. Um, those are sewn on the corner of each blanket, which my mom does all that for me. So I follow all the blankets to my mom, and then I bring them all back home. Um, every blanket is washed in a... Um, in draft, the baby detergent, non-allergenic um, detergent, so it doesn't affect any of the kids. They're all washed, and then I package each one of them individually um, in some bags with handles on them, and then on each bag is tied a card, um, a card that just talks a little bit about Connor, um, what Connor was about, how his smile lit up the room everywhere he went, um, how he loved, he loved children, he loved animals, and he loved pole vaulting. So it just tells a little bit about Connor and that each of these blankets were made um, with so much love in his memory. Um, and then it has our information on the back of the card as far as, you know, how they can contact us or if they would like to share a picture. One of my one of my favorite parts is getting those pictures of the kids with their big smiles and their cuddles. You know, we kind of started it 
um, I started it thinking that it would be for, for cancer children. You know, I was going to hit the cancer wards at the hospital. It's gone way past that. We, I take requests for kids um, suffering from any illness. You know, whether it's a genetic disorder, it's a heart condition, it's cancer. Um, we don't turn anybody away. Um, if they're, you know, autistic, whatever their, their situation, whatever their battle might be, we'll, we'll make blankets for them. So... And what, uh, obviously you're getting an overwhelming response um, of requests for these blankets, but what is the response from the children when they get their blankets? It's, it's fun to see the smiles. You know, our goal, I've always said our goal, our goal with Connor's Cuddles is to bring a smile and a bit of comfort um, to the child. And to get to see some of their reactions is amazing. Um, some of the moms might even send me a video of their child. You know, from the moment they get the box in the mail to ripping it open to opening it up and it's their Minnie Mouse cuddle or their Power Rangers or, you know, whatever they're into um, to open up that blanket and see that, it's, see that it's their favorite thing. So, yeah, it's pretty amazing to to get to see that and experience that with the child. Yes, I can, I can only imagine what... Um how nice that must be for them and how that must make them feel even more loved and cared for uh, while they're going through through that difficult time. So tell me a little bit about Connor. I mean, you mentioned a little bit that, um, you know, he loved pole vaulting and kids and animals, but tell me a little bit, a little bit more just about, about your son. Connor was, he's my middle child. I have a son that I'm about three years older than Connor and a daughter that's two years younger. I always say Connor was your stereotypical middle child. <laughs> you know, you always hear about the middle child. For um, sure. Connor, I, I always said Connor, from the time he was little, he was my most difficult child, <laughs> and he was my most lovable child. He was my hugger, and and he just um, probably my most compassionate. So um, it's... It, I never understood how that worked, like the difficult child, but he's also my most lovable. As he grew up, you know, he was very strong-willed, um, stubborn, but he was also compassionate. Um, he loved kids. He loved little kids. He babysat for a few families here in town. He also loved animals. We had a whole conundrum of animals at our house from having a hundred rabbits at one time to um, goats. He brought. He came home one day and had two goats in the back of his ephemas <laughs> that he drove home with from an hour and a half away um, to sheep, to his dogs and his cat and his guinea pigs and his, you know, it, if there was an animal, he would beg, you know, to, to bring it home. Um, was always the goal of his to get as many animals as he could out on our plate. Um, he wanted llamas, he wanted monkeys, he wanted wanted the whole deal. And he was just, you know, I always say, I guess Connor, um, you know, he lived his life in those 18 years. He loved life. He lived pretty carefree. You know, he wasn't, I always say, when we we sat out that year when he was first diagnosed from school, the teacher's like, are you sure? You know, we can keep him up. And I'm like, you know as well as I know, Connor doesn't go to school for school. (laughs) Connor goes to school to socialize, and I'm not going to battle him with homework while we're trying to to fight this battle. So, um, you know, he just got out a year, and then he went back the following fall. But 
um, that was just kind of common. He was, I don't know, maybe the life of a party, and he just had, you know, one of the most beautiful smiles. He just, the whole room lit up when he would walk in. So, yeah, he was just, just an all-around neat kid. Yeah. Um, involved in, in a lot of different, you know, from athletics, you know, cross-country, basketball, track, um, wrestling, and then he was in the band. You know, he was in the school plays. Um, he loved art. You know, so he he, he had a wide spectrum there of uh, things that he was involved in. So just, yeah, just a neat kid. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do, the, do your two other children help with Connor's Cuddles? Not so much. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> um, my oldest, my oldest lives about two hours away from us. He and he and Sierra have a little girl. He's got a grandbaby that's about two and a half years old. Yeah, she came at at just the right time. Connor passed away in August, and we found out we were going to have her. We found that out the following February. So I always say, little Lucy doesn't know the blessing she is. You know, she she kind of um, didn't fill a void. But uh, definitely, definitely helps the heart heal a little. And then my, my daughter, she is going to school at Manhattan right now. And um, she's getting into dental hygiene. So, um, you know, she's not home a lot to, to help on those items. So. Right, right. They're, they're at busy ages. Right, right. They're busy with their families and the school. And so, yeah. Has, um, has this experience changed at all how you look at um, your job in the HME industry or just the HME industry as a whole? Well, sure. Um, you know, I guess it's probably made me more aware of, you know, you don't know what people are struggling with. You know, Connor, he was the cancer kid, so everybody could look at him and say, oh, you know, he just had that look, you know. But, you know, there's so many things that go on in people's lives that people may have no idea about. I, I think it's, I don't know, I've always considered myself a compassionate person, but it probably made me even more so, um, you know, as far as when it comes to dealing with others. Yeah, you just don't know what's going on in their life. And and to me, kindness just goes so far, you know, to, to just be kind. It doesn't cost anything and um, can totally turn somebody's day around. You know, you have you have your patients you deal with, and you know what they're dealing with on on the surface, what you're what you're treating them for or helping them with. Um, but a lot of times, it goes a lot deeper than that. And a lot of times, showing that compassion and that kindness, uh, you learn a little bit more about that, about other things they may be going through. I definitely say that it's it's affected me in that way. Yeah, I can I can understand that and see that for sure. Anything else that we're missing that you want to add or talk about? Okay. You know, just um, encourage people to check us out on Facebook. Go on and like our Facebook page. And, and um, I encourage people, if, if they know of a child that is um, ill, fighting a battle, uh, they can sure reach out to me on my Facebook page. And um, I get a lot of uh, just private messages. And people wondering how they go about requesting a blanket or what it costs. You know, we don't charge anybody for a blanket. Um, we make it for them free of charge. And I, I just, all I ask for is a little information on the child. You know, maybe what they're battling, a shipping address, and what some of their favorite things are so that we can make a blanket that they will totally love. So, yeah, just, just check us out and hopefully watch us grow. And what is the name of your Facebook group? 
Um, it's Connors Cuddles. C-O-N-N-O-R-S. Okay, perfect. Well, thank you again so much for your time and for for stepping up and honoring Connor in the way you have. It's it's an amazing story and um, just truly grateful to have you in our family now too. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Mandy. I appreciate um, I appreciate you guys spotlighting this and and um, helping me spread the word. I really appreciate that. You guys are a great company and. And I'm proud to be a part of it.